moving your career further faster. That's the mission behind Cascading Leadership. Each week, we're bringing you stories of women, immigrants, members of the global majority who have risen to the ranks of senior leadership in the world of business. Get ready to gather the insights of some of the world's best business leaders and apply those to your career. If you're interested in sales and marketing effectiveness, organizational effectiveness, talent strategy, DEI, or HR tech, tune in. We're going to share with you what they don't teach you in business school. Welcome to the show. Welcome to today's episode of Cascading Leadership. I am your friendly neighborhood talent strategy nerd, Dr. Jim, and we are here for a special episode focusing on social selling and LinkedIn profile optimization in particular. So we're going to cover a lot of ground in this episode, but the key things that we are looking to do in this episode is educate our audience about the buyer landscape and buyer behavior. We're going to talk about how you can leverage LinkedIn to rise above the sea of sameness. And then we're going to look at the underlying reasons on why it's important that you, as a seller, become effective on social platforms in terms of your overall selling approach and go-to-market strategies. So with that being said, we are going to dive right into the conversation. This is going to be a solo show that I run, and we're going to do quite a bit of screen sharing where... We'll talk through the different things that you can do to make your profile more buyer-centric and optimized in a way where your potential buyer actually knows a lot more about you before they even enter into a conversation. So let's kick it off by talking about the buyer landscape and buyer behavior. As sellers, we often talk about all the different stages and forms of outreach that we can do to get in front of a buyer. And that's all great, but a lot of those efforts fundamentally ignore what the buyer is considering or how the buyer journey is being conducted. That's usually out of our visibility. So oftentimes our outreach is done in a way where we're making a lot of assumptions when we do the outreach and try to get customer moving through the sales process. And here's where that's fundamentally flawed. When you look at buyer behavior in the buyer landscape, it's completely independent of whatever we're doing as sellers. In general, when you're talking about a buying and selling transaction, by the time a buyer gets to you, they've already made anywhere from 60 to 80% of the decision on their own. If they're reaching out to you, they've already determined who is on their shortlist, what criteria they're going to use, how they're going to determine who their best fit is. All of that stuff is going to be done before they select you. And sellers need to be aware of, of that happening well in advance of a buyer actually reaching out to them, because that's going to inform how we act as sellers through the entire selling process. Think about it. Whenever you've evaluated or been considering buying something, what do you do as a buyer? You're going to ask your friends, you're going to go online, you're going to do research on your own, you're going to ask other people who own the particular product that you're considering and get their feedback and experiences. You're going to go through all sorts of research on your own to at least get an idea of who are some of the viable options that can solve the problem that you're dealing with. And then you're going to start investigating. You're not just going to go physically look at 20 different products to solve the problem. You're going to research what's available and build a shortlist on your own. That's what we do as consumers. In B2B sales, that's actually how buyers 
are uh, are conducting their evaluation process too. So when they get to you and have an inbound request, they're well along the decisioning process in terms of determining who is the appropriate fit. So when you factor that into account, how does that impact seller behavior or how should that impact seller behavior? What that should mean is that sellers as a whole and sellers as individuals need to be positioned in such a way where you are being extremely generous in terms of the information that you're sharing about yourself, your product, your services, all of that sort of stuff, because people are going to be researching. And think about it from a seller's perspective. We're doing all of these calls, all of these emails, all of these outreaches, and we're hearing crickets. Very rarely will we get a response to an email or a call. And the reason why that is, is that one, buyers have been conditioned by sellers to tune that stuff out. But the other part of it is that when when buyers are on the receiving end of those messages, before they decide that they're going to respond to you, they're probably doing some background research into understanding who you are and who your company is. And what that means is that if you're on LinkedIn, they're going to look at and take a look at your LinkedIn profile. They're going to look at the company website. They're going to look at the company LinkedIn page and see what they can determine before they make a decision on whether you're worth responding to. So that's all happening in the background. So what that means is that if you are a seller of any sort on any social platform with a bare bones profile and story about who you are, you're just another in a big sea of sameness that exists. Andy Paul talks about this a lot in his book, Sell Without Selling Out. And he actually coaches quite a bit on how you can stand out from the competition. And really, it's with the intent of rising above the noise of every other seller that is doing the same thing in terms of their outreach. So the focus should be from a seller's perspective, how are you standing out? How are you being different? How are you behaving in a way that gives the buyer an experience that is natural in terms of human dynamics? And how are you being generous in the information that you're sharing that allows you to build rapport, trust, and credibility at scale? And that's the critical part. That's where social selling comes in. It's not about, oh, you're on a platform, so I'm just going to pitch everybody that I see that might be a buyer about how great my product or service is. Social selling means that you're positioning yourself as an authority in a specific space and you're generously and freely sharing knowledge that advances the agenda of the potential buyer that is out in your ecosystem. So this doesn't mean that you're constantly pushing out infomercials or anything like that. You are speaking clearly and definitively about the problems that you solve. You're speaking clearly and definitively about how those problems can be solved. You're talking about how there's new advancements in the industry or in the sector or trends, and you're bringing that to light and talking about the implications in terms of that customer's business. There's any number of things that you could be doing, but basically you are broadcasting across multiple channels what you stand for, what you believe, how you solve problems, what problems you solve and why that's important to a potential buyer. And you're using a one-to-many format to do it. And in this example, we're going to talk primarily about LinkedIn and how you can optimize your profile to have better conversions when it comes to social selling. So why LinkedIn? I mean, in short, 
it's the longest running and largest B2B conversation that you can insert yourself into. I don't have the exact stats in front of me, but we're talking about millions of people that are on the platform and the most active people on it represent 1% of the total population or user base that exists on the platform. So that is a massive opportunity for sellers to make their voice heard and make an impression on who they are and how they help. And that's why before we actually dive into any specific or any focused social selling efforts, the focus needs to be on making sure that the profile that you have from a LinkedIn perspective is optimized in a way that it speaks directly to the buyer about the things that are important to the buyer. So with all of that being said, what I'm going to do now is share my screen and walk through some of the key areas that you can optimize to better connect with your buyer. What you're looking at right now is my LinkedIn profile. And just so you have an idea, we're going to cover basically everything that is above the fold, which is basically anything that's above your experience section and talk about how you can optimize that and have it be buyer-centric. So when you're looking at your LinkedIn profile, you want to actually look at your profile page. And the, the two biggest things that you can do right away to make an impact when a buyer arrives on your page is having a header and also having a profile picture. So a header is absolutely critical and it could be a, a company header or it could be something else. Right now I have my podcast that's on there because it's a big part of what I do out in the marketplace in addition to all the 8 million other jobs that I have. From a LinkedIn profile picture perspective, I have a standard headshot. You don't necessarily have to have a professional headshot done. You can find a nice solid color background and take a picture on your phone that is a head-on picture of you smiling. And that should be sufficient. There is a great app or site called photofeeler.com where you can actually test different types of headshots that you have to see which makes the best impression in terms of any number of criteria, authoritativeness, approachability, so on and so forth. And PhotoFeeler will actually crowdsource feedback on your headshot and give you an idea of what's going to be most effective. So don't sleep on additional apps like that that will help you further optimize your LinkedIn profile. One of the things that I like to do on my LinkedIn profile in the profile picture. I also recorded a video. I would strongly encourage everybody to record a video of them welcoming whoever it is that landed on your page. You get 30 seconds that you can record on your phone and upload it to your profile picture. And what that allows you to do is create a quick elevator pitch of who you are and what you're about and basically thanking somebody that lands on your page for stopping by and and it allows you to build a relationship without ever having to talk to somebody. People are already connecting with you as a person. So I strongly encourage uh, leveraging video whenever you have an opportunity to do that. So those are the basics of setting up your profile so that it is more inviting to a potential buyer. What are some of the other things that you should be doing? So the next thing that we're going to look at is this section that's underneath your name, which is your headline. Now, most people on LinkedIn will list their current role and title, and that is a giant waste of space. And the reason why it's a giant waste of space is that it doesn't really communicate anything to your buyer 
about who you are or anything about you. It just says what you do. And my argument is that what you do is the least important thing about who you are. So the way that you can optimize your header or headline to be more effective and buyer-centric is to talk about a handful of key things. I always coach people on my team that when you're thinking about your headline, what you want to communicate should fall into these sort of four slash five areas. It should communicate who you are, what you care about, how you help, why that matters, and you have enough characters to cover all of those things. And if you have to, you can put in what you do. So for example, my headline on my LinkedIn profile says, researcher, writer, podcaster, I help people, leaders, and organizations drive transformations by helping them build elite, diverse teams. I help make sure the talent in your talent strategy doesn't get left behind. This is speaking directly to my buyer. They're coming on my page trying to get a gauge of who I am as a person, who I am as a professional, what I care about, what problems do I solve, and how I help. This covers all of those things. And in my profile, it doesn't say a single thing about what my actual job is. And I'm totally fine with that because you have to think about your LinkedIn profile as a website. When you're shopping on a website, you're going to spend probably eight seconds on that website before you determine if you're going to spend any more time on it. So if it doesn't communicate directly and quickly the need or the problem that you solve for, people are going to leave. And you need to think about your LinkedIn profile as a website that is designed to convert people and get them engaged into you as a person and you as a potential solutions partner. If you're looking at how do you actually get all this content in, you always select the pencil icon that allows you to edit all the content in a particular section. So this allows me to edit the intro. I can put in my first name and last name. That's pretty basic stuff. But the headline is where you want to actually modify so that it incorporates all the things that you want to communicate to your buyer. So that's top of the fold stuff. The next thing that you want to pay attention to is what do you actually do? And what are the problems or solutions that you're helping with? And there's a couple of things that you want to do. One is you want to select the open to options. So normally people are familiar with the open to if they're actually looking for a job. The other thing that you want to be able to be aware of is that the open to section also allows you to put in what services that you provide. And my coaching when it comes to services is the more that you can integrate your personal professional brand, the better because there's a set of services that the company you work for at the time offers, but there's also a set of services that you provide as an individual to the broader world of work or the broader network that you are a part of. So integrate both. So when you select that open to, it allows you to select a couple of options right now because I have open, because I already have it selected. It only gives me the option of open to finding a new job. I've already selected open to providing services. So here's why that's important. A buyer, if you've done a good job of your banner, you've created your profile picture, you might have a profile video in there, you have a great headline that gives them some sizzle to continue exploring, that services component is going to give them even more detail. So when you look at the services section, it allows you to put 10 services that you can offer. So I would say, maximize all 10. And this impacts your search engine optimization when it comes to a buyer searching for a certain type of service that you might offer. This is how you show up in the results. 
by adding those uh, those services. The other uh, powerful aspect of adding a services section is that it gives you 500 characters to communicate a small about section. And this is your opportunity to do another sort of elevator pitch in first person about the problems that you solve, how you help, the things that you care about, and so on. So I would strongly encourage anybody that is planning on being active on LinkedIn to take advantage of both the services provided section and the about section. So you're again, speaking directly to your potential buyer. You can select what locations that you're a part of and who can see this. And there are some other options, but at a minimum, you should have that selected. So going back to the LinkedIn profile, what you want to do is make sure that's, uh, that's populated and you are set up well to convert those potential buyers that are coming to your page. The next area that you want to make sure that you've fleshed out is your contact info. When it comes to your LinkedIn profile, make sure that you edit your profile so that it's shortened and customized or personalized. And you can do that through the pencil icon again, where you edit that and share that out. You can include multiple websites, links to websites. So if I have a podcast, so I have that on there. I work for Circa. So I have that listed on there. And you can have multiple websites listed so people can find uh, all the things about you that are important. Also have my cell phone number on there. I have my email on there. In terms of cell phone information or contact information, at this point, it only allows you to put one number and one email. Hopefully that changes at some point where you can have more content, but make sure that your contact info is populated well so that people can get a hold of you if drawn them in enough to send you an email or give you a call. So that's all top of the fold stuff that you can do from a profile optimization perspective. There are a few other things that you can do as you get more advanced. One of the things, if if part of your strategy from a social selling perspective, and I would strongly recommend this, is starting to develop and deploy content on a regular basis. You want to turn content creator mode on because it allows you to talk about a handful of different key areas that are tracked back using hashtags, which will identify your profile as being one of the people that are expert or have expertise in these areas. Even if you're not planning on putting out a lot of content, turning content creator mode on and getting access to those hashtags and clearly stating what you typically talk about is a really good buyer-centric way of drawing a a potential customer in. So here's a checklist so far. Banner for your LinkedIn page, profile picture, profile video, headline. You want to make sure that you turn content creation mode on so you have access to those hashtags. Open to providing services. You have 10 services that you can list. You have an about section that you can put in and flush out your contact info. That is all above the fold before you get to your experience. And the one last area that I would recommend when you're talking about drawing a customer in, that is your featured content. This is an area where you can actually put up any videos or collateral that you want to share that gives people some additional information in terms of who you are as a person, in terms of what company you work for, any details that you feel is relevant, regularly putting content out. So my content of the day almost always gets featured in my featured content. And the value of this is that this is evergreen. This will stay there forever 
And if you're in content creation mode, it is a way to communicate to your customer long after you've posted the content. I have stuff that I posted from months ago that still gets engagement because for whatever reason, it pops up in somebody else's feed and they engage with it and I always respond. So this is another way for you to amplify your message and do it at scale. So when we look at why all of this is important, buyer behavior is changing or has changed. Most buyers already have anywhere from a 60 to 80% degree of certainty on who they want to partner with before they reach out to you. And from a seller's perspective, it's critical that you have a scalable version to communicate who you are, how you help, what problems that you solve, and all of these things in an evergreen fashion. Because what that allows you to do is that it creates a flywheel where you can continuously capture interest from all of your outbound efforts to get in front of a customer. So that is the that is the high level overview on LinkedIn profile optimization. This is the basic stuff that you should have in order before you're actually doing any heavy social selling efforts. And again, the critical point here is social selling is not just connecting with people and then pitch slapping them as soon as they connect. That is the opposite of what we're talking about. This is how you're designing and optimizing your profile to be buyer centric and speak to your buyer in a way that's important to them. Thank you for joining and listening to this episode of Cascading Leadership, where we talk about buyer centric social selling and profile optimization on LinkedIn. You can find this episode available on all your major podcast platforms. We are on TikTok, we're on LinkedIn, we're on YouTube, we are on Facebook. We're not on Instagram because that's only for food picks. So we appreciate your support, feedback, and questions. And join us again next time for another episode of Cascading Leadership. Thank you for listening to this episode of Cascading Leadership. We hope you enjoyed the story as much as we did. Make sure you subscribe to our show on your favorite podcast player. Follow us on YouTube, TikTok, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook. Leave us a review. Tell a friend. If you're interested in sponsoring the show, reach out to me at jim at cascadingleadership.com. Tune in next time for another great episode that will help you move your career further faster.